Today we're going to talk about how to be a Christian by following these two rules. We, uh, we like um, to know what to do, right? By following these two rules, we'll know how to be a Christian. Because sometimes you read the New Testament and it seems like, okay, do this, do this, don't do this. And it feels like um, it's kind of based on do's and don'ts. And I want to let you know it has nothing to do with do's and don'ts. Well, I shouldn't say nothing. God puts his laws there because he wants to protect us and, uh, and help us. But the essence of it, though, is not undo's and don'ts. The essence is what we're going to find out today. Romans chapter 15, I'm going to read this first section and then we'll go through it um, little piece by piece. Romans 15 verse 1, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it was written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, and through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another and according with Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus, that together you may be with one voice glorifying the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. So much packed right in there, and that's actually going to be rule number one. We'll find that out in a moment, but The first verse, which I love, is the sense of that we are obligated. It says, we that are strong, in other words, if you're in a good place in life, you have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak, like your pastor Mark, who is weak right now. (laughs) And so many of us, right, when we get in those weakened spaces, it is nice to know that there is a church family that has a sense of Obligation maybe is a little bit like, hey, I'm forced to do it, but really this love and compassion to say, I want to care for those who are weak. By the way, the failings of the weak are not necessarily physically weak, but when somebody stumbles and messes up and sins really bad, makes a horrible moral choice in life because of their weakness, that is not a time to uh, like point fingers, told you so, and create distance with them. That is a time to embrace them and encourage them and bring them closer to your life and encourage them along the way. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up for Christ did not please himself. And my question is, who is your neighbor and what is our obligation to our neighbor? It says our obligation is to please our neighbor. What does that mean? Well, we have to put it into contrast of how we please ourselves. Do you, let me ask this question. How often do you think about pleasing yourself versus pleasing your neighbor? When's the last time you thought about your neighbor? When's the last time you thought about the needs of your neighbor? Or let's talk about who is your neighbor. Actually, people were asking this in Matthew chapter 22, um, verse 37. It was the Pharisees and, and the people of the law were saying, Okay, when he says, love your neighbor as yourself, and really, this is the paraphrase that Paul is saying, right? Please your neighbor just as you're pleasing yourself, or I should say, more than you please yourself. 
And, um, and then Jesus goes into the parable of answering who's your neighbor. And he goes in the parable of the good Samaritan. Remember the guy that's beat up on the side of the road and, and the Samaritan, where everybody else is kind of like ignoring him, the Samaritan comes and puts him on his donkey, makes sure he has a place to stay, gives money to the innkeeper, makes sure he has um, his body looked after, and then says, I'll come check on it, in on him again. And really, that's the idea of who are the people around you in your life, your family, your coworkers, um, your actual physical neighbor, the people that you interact with would be your neighbor. Are you aware of the needs of your neighbor? I loved... Uh, I love this story. Uh, last week, I live across the street from a 87-year-old year uh, lady. She has lost her husband a few years ago, and she has to walk with a little walker, but she loves to get outside. She has a gator, which is like a side-by-side, -side, and she's on like 200 acres across from me, and she goes around on this thing. When she, she goes, anything I can do for you, I, I want to I help you. I'm thinking, what, what can she do for me? <laughs> Well, we, we figured out that she knows how to make hot dogs. And so <laughs> I said, okay, I'll come over in my little scooter, my little Neely thing there. I think I can get over there. And, um, and we can do hot dogs. Well, so we planned for a date. I had a date with an 87-year-old. And we went on a date. And, and I didn't realize that my date was going to pick me up. And so I'm, I'm looking at the time, and here she comes in with her gator all the way up my front walkway. And she goes, uh, I'm here. I was like, well, I thought I was going to come to you, but you came to me. And she goes, no, get on in, get on in. So I get in her gator, and away we go to the house. And I'm like on my crutches going up. And she goes, I hope you don't fall because I can't catch you. And... Uh, <laughs> She gets her walker near, her, near the gator, and we get inside, and, you know, she makes me hot dogs for lunch. And here she is, you know, barely able to get along herself in her house, and yet she's serving me. That's, that's loving your neighbor. And that's thinking, she could be thinking, like, I can't do that. I could barely get around myself, but yet she found a way to love her neighbor. And I wonder if we're so busy and preoccupied that we forget to see the needs of the people around us. And the simple things, when we feel like we don't have much to give or our ability to give, it just takes a little bit of attention, a little bit of time, and then we can do what Paul says here, that we can please our neighbor more than we please ourselves. In our Western society, in our Western culture, we, we spend a lot of time thinking about ourselves, and maybe today the Lord is just reminding us to think a little bit less of ourselves. Then it says to this, that this is not only the way Christ lived, but he modeled it for us. But it says in verse 5, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live with such harmony with one another in according with Christ Jesus. That together you may with one voice glorify God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. There's something about when we care for each other, when we care for the needs of each other, and I'm even saying in this church body, which you do so beautifully, that this idea of living in harmony 
is really beautiful. So the first rule I would say, if you were to talk about the rules of living, what it is for to be a Christian, it truly is that. What Jesus said, you sum up all the law and the prophets. So you sum up all the Old Testament into this teaching, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. There's the two. So love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And I think what Jesus was trying to get at here is the Pharisees, the, the Jews, the religious leaders, and I would say also the Jews, they, they knew the law and they were so focused on living right that they forgot that they were supposed to live for another person. And I would say for us, I don't know how much we're thinking about living right. Some of us are, but I also think we're just thinking a lot about ourselves and getting through our life, which there's a lot to living in through our own lives. But I think he's reminding us that we're saying that we're to live in harmony and we do that by just really caring for each other super, super well. God, I was talking with Pastor Richie this past week and it, the revelation that God just continues to pour on me is realizing that, that, that to live as a Christian really is meant to live in community where we care for each other really well. Where Jesus is our Lord we have our Father in heaven who loves us, who cares for us. I love that song we sang of just spending time with our Father. But we can have confidence to know that, that as we focus on Jesus, we also need to be focusing one to another and care for each other. But, you know, as much as this is instruction, I want to say that I do believe that you're doing this because I was the recipient of it. And, I, and I'm seeing it. I know it's happening but my thought is, is that if you're not known here at the church yet, so when people would kind of know what's going on in your life, um, I would encourage you be in a small group. The small group helps you to become known and the small group will then be a place where you have a need in your life and a prayer request and something goes on. That group is there in a heartbeat to care for you. Amen. And we need to be in a place to care for one another. And I think that glorifies God the Father. You know, it's like he's our head, right? He's the head of the church, but he's asked us to be part of this spiritual family called the church. And more and more, I'm just, I'm, I'm in awe of what that looks like. And for me, I, I get to be the, the one that gets to stand up here a little bit and see and look into your eyes and realize what God's doing in our youth ministry, what God is doing in our kids' ministry we have now, we have the generation serving next generation. So much of our young adults are helping out with our youth ministry and our kids ministry. And some of our high school seniors and juniors are helping out with the younger grades. And then I'm seeing we have a safety team and greeters and people in the cafe serving one another. And it's just amazing to see ages and stages all working together and serving one another. It's beautiful. And my job is just to move obstacles out of the way for you, keep pointing you to Jesus and let you be the church that you're so, you're doing a great job. I just want to let you know, you are being the church. So this next part of, of Romans goes into um, talking about how, how Jesus Christ was also for the Gentiles, not for the Jews. I don't want to repeat a lot of that because Paul does a lot of work in understanding that that even though Jesus was a Jew, he died on the cross, he died for all people, Jews and Gentiles, or they would say circumcised versus uncircumcised. And then he would go on saying, you know what, the gospel or this Christian family is for everybody. 
That's why we would say here at Grace Capital Church, the door is always open. The door is always open for anybody of any lifestyle, of any way. Now, we won't compromise on the word of God, but a sense of belong, we say this, you can belong before you believe. And there's always a place for you. And, and, And that is God's heart, right? That's God's heart. His invitation is always open. The woman at the well, he doesn't say, get your life right first and then come to me. (laughs) He said, let me love you in the middle of your pain, in the middle of your difficulty. And by the way, my word is true. And this is where you're going to have your best life is following my instructions. So then he goes on here, verse 13. And I think this is really important. It ties into what we prayed earlier today for anxiety. It says, verse 13, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. You see, that is part of what he has for us as believers. You, you look around the world today and it can or reflect on 9-11, the 20-year anniversary of that, and you can start feeling those emotions again, right? And, or you can look around what's going on in our world today, and you can start feeling that, like, what is happening? Get anxious, but we realize we have to be rooted, not only in a spiritual family, but then we have to be rooted in Christ, rooted in God. It says, may the God of hope, God is hope. But then he's saying he wants to fill you with all joy, and peace. If you don't have joy and peace, which I haven't experienced a lot of that <laughs> this week, but I know it is there for us to be had. We must press in to that. You know, I think sometimes as Christians, we, we can kind of like, we know the scriptures and it's like, we just need to, you know, pull ourselves up by the bootstraps and claim all those scriptures. And then we just need to feel great all the time. But the reality is, is there is times where we don't feel great, but we have to still remember the truth. And we have to proclaim the truth, which is God is our hope, and he wants to fill us with all joy. And he wants us to abound. Why? By how? By the power of the Holy Spirit. I would encourage you, you are starting to feel hopeless, you are starting to feel weak, and you're starting to feel depleted. I would ask you to pray to be filled with the Holy Spirit Or even at the end of service today, we always have a prayer team here. If you're feeling depleted in any way, ask to receive prayer and ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Later goes on in the little section here. It says that we are to be obedient to the word, right? He says that the Gentiles, even though they thought the law was for the Jews initially, but then he goes on to saying, no, Gentiles, and I would say for us, we're the Gentiles, right? That, there, that is not just to be in a relationship with God. Okay, the two things that we said, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then love your neighbor as yourself. And so the Bible said it's summed up. Everything is summed up. So you want the two rules of life to know what it is to be a Christian. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then love your neighbor as yourself. We good over there? Okay. And so uh, as, we, as we begin to think about those two things, those then bring us to the place of saying we fall in love with God's word. 
We fall in love with not only God, but we fall in love with God's word that begins to instruct us. And then we want to become obedient to that. So I think when I, w- I want to make sure I was clear into saying, it's not the do's and don'ts that we just throw them out, but if we lead with do's and don'ts and not lead through relationship, it leads to religion. And there's no life in that. And if you lead by just coming to church and you don't engage in a family, then that becomes routine and ritual. And you don't have the life that is meant to be lived where we serve one another and we care for one another. And so what I'm trying to reorient ourselves to is those two things, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, which then leads us into obedience because we want to be pleasing to the Father. We know that his instruction, his word, is what gives us life. Same way with being in community, that we care for others more than we care for ourselves, that we serve others, we please. I think it's interesting that he says that word, please that we please others more than we please ourselves. That word pleasing, again, just thought came to my mind right now, that word pleasing though means it's like, I really care about making sure your need is met. I really care about what you think. Now, not the unhealthy way of people pleasing, right? We go to celebrate recovery for those things, right? (laughs) Okay, Um, you know, codependency. Um, But really this idea of like compassion, and empathy and deep care. I had somebody drop off a meal to me um, and they offered to pray for me. And he goes, whoa, this is kind of nice. I've never had to pray for my pastor before. Like it feels like role reversal, right? And, but in many ways, that's what the family's about. When one is in need, another one steps up and one, one is weak, another one steps up who's strong. It's so beautiful. I'm debating whether or not I take us down to a little bit further on Romans chapter 15, but I think I'm going to pause right there. I want us just to rest as the worship team comes up to understand a heart of these two rules of life and where you stand in them. Do, do you need to give a little bit more of your time and attention to loving the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength? Do we need to spend a little moment of saying, I need to slow life down a little bit just to see the needs around me, to get to know my neighbor? Do you know your neighbor's name? Your actual, your actual neighbor, do you know their name? Do you know what's going on in their life? Your coworkers, do you, know the, do you know what's going on in their life? Do you know when they're struggling? Do you know when they need support? So my encouragement today is, is maybe just understanding, maybe you've never thought of church as a family before. And maybe you've just kind of looked at it, well, this is an organization, it's a place I give my money to and and we do a lot of good things in the community and it's like a charitable organization. And yes, we, our transformation grants do a lot of great work and our missions committee does a lot of great work to make sure that we are um, putting resources back in your hands to meet the needs in our community. But I think 
it's a little bit more intimate than that. It's really learning to love each other really well like family. I think sometimes we can do that amongst our church family too, and then it becomes a little bit harder with your neighbors. Like, ah, we're New Englanders. We love to stay behind closed doors. We don't want to get too personal. Anything I know about humanity, the way God designed us, is it, it's nice to know that somebody thinks of us. It's nice to know that somebody cares. And I wonder when Jesus says he's establishing his kingdom here on earth, that if he's really saying that as a church community, as a spiritual family, and this is why I love that we're going to be worshiping together with other churches today, because that's our extended family, if you will, that we're one church under Jesus Christ. But for this family, I wonder if you need to take a step of getting involved a little bit more so that you are known, so that you can be in a place of expressing when you have needs. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for each one of you. Even people I don't know really well right now, but I'll get to know more. God is doing something in and through you that is so meaningful and powerful. I want to make sure that as you begin to go on this journey with Jesus, though, that, that it doesn't become about obligation, but it's a really about relationship. Relationship with God and relationship with others. For those of you who are the rule followers, you're just like, I just want my do's and don'ts list. And I know that feels comforting to you, but try to avoid going there. You just wake up each day and say, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Let me see the needs of people around me and let me meet those needs. Jesus, when I start thinking more about myself, about my shows and my job and my retirement and my bills and my life, that we would just pause for a moment and say, what is going on around me at work? In my church family, my actual neighbor, and just think about pleasing them. The two rules again, the two rules as I close, the two rules of life are really, Jesus says, I sum everything up this way. You will not go wrong being a faithful Christian when we say, love the Lord your God. Rule number one, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the one that we really focused on today was love your neighbor as yourself. Consider pleasing them more than you please yourself. Welcome to Church Online. My name is Pastor Mark, and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to join us in watching our services online. Maybe you can't be at our location today and you're watching this from home or on the road. We just want to say thank you for tuning in. And maybe you can't get to a physical location at Grace Capital Church, then this becomes part of your regular routine to do church live 
on your computer or on your device, we want to say, invite some friends with you. Do church together. Life is so much better together and discovering what God has for us is meant to be done in community. Gather people together and enjoy these services for weeks to come. Thank you for watching.